Okay, I'm out of breath because I've been using tonal. As women, we put a lot of emphasis on cardio, but cardio alone isn't enough to make sure you're helping your body to be its healthiest. Doctors know that strength training is one of the best ways to be our healthiest, increasing balance and flexibility and promoting better mental health. That's why I'm so excited about Tonal. Tonal is an at-home strength training device that's like an entire gym combined with a virtual personal trainer. It has adjustable arms, so it can replicate all your favorite machines in the gym, has a touch screen built in so you can get guidance from expert coaches, and it can produce up to 200 pounds of resistance, which is more than enough for a great workout. Tonal offers multi-week programs that help you reach your fitness goals, whether you want to lose weight, gain strength, or just get moving. You can try Tonal risk-free for 30 days, and if you act now, Girlboss Radio listeners get $100 off your purchase of Tonal. To get started on strength training and a more complete workout, visit Tonal.com and use promo code GIRLBOSS. That's T-O-N-A-L.com and promo code GIRLBOSS. Hi, I'm Sophia Amoruso, founder and CEO of Girlboss, and this is Girlboss Radio, the show for and about ambitious women, exploring the wins, losses, and insights learned on the winding road to success. Gosh, I don't even know where to begin introducing our guest for today's episode, but I'll start here. Jennifer Meyer is an award-winning jewelry designer, someone who taught herself. She designs incredibly beautiful minimalist jewelry pieces that are made to withstand any and all trends, truly timeless pieces. But somehow that description doesn't really capture what I find truly remarkable about our guest for today's show. And I think part of it is because I respect the attitude and can-do spirit with which she approaches her work. It's hard to describe, but I think you'll understand once you hear our conversation. For instance, she didn't have a background in designing jewelry, but she had a vision. And she went out there and started knocking on doors, literally in the jewelry district in downtown LA. There's no less glamorous place than there to find out how to make it all work, and she did. So here's what you need to know. Today's guest is none other than Jennifer Meyer, the founder of Jennifer Meyer Jewelry. Jennifer began her career working in PR for big fashion houses like Giorgio Armani and Ralph Lauren. But all the while, Jennifer was making her own jewelry pieces on the side. Yes, that is a side hustle. But then in 2006, Jen got her big break thanks to another very, very famous Jennifer in Hollywood. You might have heard of her. Her name is Jennifer Aniston. Here's how Jen described that life-changing moment during our chat. I started making pieces and seeing how people would like them. And the first time that they were really shown were to Jennifer Aniston for the breakup while I was showing her stylist's clothing at Ralph Lauren for the show, for the movie. And I was like, I'm just curious on your opinion on these pieces I made. And... They were like, oh, can we show Jen? Don't worry, she picks her own stuff. But sure, and that was just the beginning. Stay tuned for my chat with Jen. We talk about how she went about getting her first pieces of jewelry made. She gives a lot of practical advice on how she launched her business, which I think is helpful, even if you're not in the jewelry industry. And we dive deep into what it's like running a business when your love life is being covered in the tabloids. Hint, it's hard, but you can make it through it. All right, let's get to it.
Hi, Jen. Hi. Welcome to Girl Boss Radio. Thank you for having me. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thanks for driving across town for us. <laughs> I love all the jewelry you're wearing. Oh, thank you. So we start kind of at the beginning with every episode of Girl Boss Radio, and I do want to talk about all the incredible things that you've done, but I also want to start at the beginning. What was your first job? I worked at a creative artist agency, and I worked in the mailroom, and I had big tasks like scooping ice cream on Fridays and things like that. How old were you? About 13. Wow. And is there anything you took from that experience that you feel like aids you today or has aided you in your career, things that you learned? Mm, that's an interesting question. I mean, listen, I think I think at that point, actually, that's a have never been asked that question, but I think that it really did teach me take every job you have seriously. Whether you're scooping ice cream or you're running a multi-million dollar company. Mm -hmm. Like you never know the people you're going to meet, the people you're going to encounter. And, you know, you just want to do a good job all the time. Yeah. I was a brilliant sandwich artist. I'm sure. (laughs) I I scooped great ice cream. I gave people extra ice cream, extra scoops, you know. I massaged mayonnaise into tuna with with my hand inside of a glove. Ooh, mm. I yeah, I, it's actually kind of gratifying. <laughs> so it's not every day we get to talk to somebody who had such an early start with their passion, and you started creating jewelry with your grandmother when you were just six years old. I did. Tell me about that. My grandma was an amazing artist. She was an enamelist, and she had this tiny little apartment in Santa Monica, and in the apartment she had a kiln, which is what you make enamel pieces in in an apartment really 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 tiny kiln I mean small that could go on a little table and we used to sit there and create these pieces all the time and I just knew I loved it and I loved watching her and I loved you know seeing how it came out and you know have you held on to any of them I have oh my god I have actually do you have a favorite Actually, funny enough, you know what? I do. I mean, I've anything from my grandma is my favorite. I actually wear this ring all the time, which was hers. It's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I do have a lot of great pieces from there. And so, you mentioned you worked at Creative Artists Agency. I mean, you know, for for, for when you were thirteen, yes. scooping ice cream. But yes. your dad also helped found that company. Is that right? He did. So. Did you feel pressure as a kid to join the family business? I mean, you did, but like. At 13, but like really go into entertainment in that kind of like professional serious way. Because I know that's, you didn't, yeah. you didn't study. Nope. Yeah, that. And I want to get into your education a little bit. Um, did you feel pressure to, to work in entertainment? You know, I think I always thought I would go into entertainment because that's what I knew best. And my dad really did want me to be an agent. He said from the minute I could understand, he's like, you're going to make a great agent. You're going to make a great agent. I was like, oh, God. And I always loved design and I always loved jewelry. And I never knew that it would be a option for me because I did not go to school for it. I didn't go to school for business. I didn't go to school for design. So I didn't even know that you could do things that you didn't know how to do or weren't taught to do. So I never felt pressure from my family. I just always thought, you know, we'll see. But I ended up going down the path I ultimately always wanted to go down. On your way to that path, 
you went to Syracuse University. I did. And you studied child and family psychology, which feels like a little bit of a departure, both <laughs> from like your early days scooping ice cream at CAA <laughs> to also the business that you've built today and, you know, a, a creative business, being a creative and being a designer. Why did you choose to do that? And then you went from there to PR. So how did you go from oh style, you know, studying child and family psychology to working in PR? I, I had to pick a, a major very quickly and something attracted me to that major and I'm actually so happy I did that because it's actually still helps me in my life I mean I'm a mom and I have a family and you know so I did learn a lot of important things during that time um and I think at heart I feel like a psychologist a little bit I love helping people and I love talking through problems and I can do it all day every day when I was done with Syracuse it was about two weeks after school was over and I'll never forget my dad called me he's like what's your plan and I said uh well I'm gonna take a little time off and figure it out and he said oh you're gonna take a little time off and I said yeah and he goes from what (laughs) and I was like um well he's like let me be clear you just had a two-week vacation find a job You have two weeks to find a job. He said, I don't care if you go to a place to learn how to make coffee or you get your dream job. Whatever it is, get a job. You have two weeks. So, I mean, I can tell you that whole story. But basically, within two weeks, I found a job. Someone offered me to go to um, the Toronto Film Festival with them and be their assistant for 10 days for $500 in cash. And I thought that was, I was like, I hit the jackpot. Great. I got a job for 10 days. Bought me 10 more days. So at that time, Bonnie Fuller had called her. She, At the time, she was the editor-in-chief of Glamour magazine. I was 21, 22 at this point. And she was looking for a West Coast beauty fitness editor. And I'm listening to my friend have this conversation. I was like, tell her to interview me. Tell her to interview me. She's like, for what? For the <laughs> West Coast editor position what are you talking about I was like trust me somehow Bonnie interviewed me I flew to New York convinced my dad please help me with a ticket I can I'm, I'm gonna really try and get this job and I flew to New York and I interviewed and I was like I don't have a resume I don't really have anything but I swear I'm gonna do a great job three weeks later she offered me the position so that was my first real job which was a fluke and absolutely incredible. I worked my ass off. And at that point, I uh, interviewed to be in PR at Giorgio Armani. And so when I was done with Glamour, I went to Giorgio Armani, did PR for them. Then I did PR for Ralph Lauren and then jewelry. But you started a side hustle. Like when you were doing PR, you started making jewelry on the side, right? Did you consider it a hobby? Did you consider it a side hustle? Did you mean to start a business? No. I knew I wanted to make jewelry and I had no idea what I was doing. And I really decided to teach myself. I mean, at the time, my boyfriend, he did become my husband, but and now ex-husband. It's all a process. He was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, Everyone knows what they want. Just say it. Everyone has some dream that they want to accomplish. I was like, I want to make jewelry. He goes, great, go make jewelry. I was like, I don't know how to make jewelry. And he's like, figure it out. And I was like, oh, okay. So I saved my money, really little bit of money. At the time felt like so much money to me, but it was not a lot. It was less than $10,000. And, but it was a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. 
that felt like I could live on a year for that. And um, I started making pieces and seeing how people would like them. And the first time that they were really shown were to Jennifer Aniston for the breakup while I was showing her stylist's clothing at Ralph Lauren for the show, for the movie. And I was like, I'm just curious on your opinion on these pieces I made. And they were like, oh, can we show Jen? Don't worry, she picks her own stuff. And I wasn't friends with Jen at the time. And I was like, uh, I guess these are like little samples, but sure. And that was just the beginning. So Jennifer Aniston was your big break in the breakup. Exactly. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> way to put it, way to put it. So it was trial by fire. Trial by fire. Learning how to make jewelry. How did you go about making jewelry? Was it on YouTube? Where did you start? No. God, was YouTube even... I don't... 2005? I, I don't no. know. No. Mm-mm. No, you guys, I didn't have any... I don't know what I was doing. I mean, when I tell you I had no clue what I was doing, I didn't have anywhere to learn. I saved up $7,500, exactly. And that was a lot of money for me. I was, at that point, um, consulting for Ralph Lauren. And because they knew I was doing other things, too. They were amazing and supportive and incredible. So I saved up $7,500. And I literally, when I tell you, got in the car and drove downtown. I had an idea for a leaf. And if it said jeweler on the door, I knocked on the door. I was like, hey, I have an idea for a leaf. And I figured I would just see. I didn't even know what a cost, the cost of gold. I didn't know what a mold was. I didn't know anything about anything. So... I gave one guy, I was like, oh, will you make a, can I make this leaf into a piece of jewelry? Sure, it's going to cost you $500 to do a mold and to do blah, blah, blah. Okay, great, let's make it. The next guy, can you do a piece of, can you make this, you know, leaf into a piece of jewelry? No, not interested. Okay, fine. The next guy, sure, I can do it. It's going to cost you 250 So I started sort of doing the math and figuring it out. And I, I really had this attitude, what better to sort of blow your money on than your dream? Right. Like not obviously not your life savings because you want to be able to live, but put a certain money amount of money aside that you're not going to go shopping with. You're not going to buy a new pair of jeans. You're not going to get your hair done every six weeks. You're going to figure that shit out. That was my attitude. Like, okay, here we go. So one guy would take six weeks to make it. The next guy would take two months to make it. One guy would take three weeks. I sort of just tested all these people out. I mean, I went downtown. I went to Beverly Hills. I went to Culver City. Wherever it said jeweler, I was like, let's try it. And all your work is still made in Los Angeles. Everything. So you had $7,500. Yeah. You spent, you know, 500 here, a little bit more there. Was that primarily what you invested in first? How did you decide how to spend that precious, precious money you had saved? So that is what I started with. And that is what my entire company is on, just so you know. I've never taken an investor. I own the company 100%. I've never borrowed money. So somehow it worked. Thank you. I don't know how. Thank you, universe. It's amazing for me. Not saying, oh, this is so amazing. I'm just saying, like, I still go, like, this is awesome. I did not have a plan. I did not decide where to put my money. I was FedExing from my living room floor. I was doing invoices on Word documents. I was charging people cost at the time because I had no idea how to even charge them. So when I tell you trial by error and figuring it out, literally 
that's what I did. I went and bought Chinese pouches downtown, those little, you know, the silk ones. Yeah, the little silky things with the prints. And that's where I put my jewelry in for people. I didn't have anyone giving me advice at that point. And I was insecure in starting my business. I think there's something about knowing where you stand in a marketplace and not just trying to like sell something for a crazy amount of money wing it you wing it but i also think there's something about saying you know hey i worked really hard and here's my product and here's what i'm worth at the same time we've had women on the podcast who've taken major pay cuts to have equity in a company ended up in a much better place do you think it was worth it a hundred percent worth it and i also think that it comes from an emotional spot too of going like you know what i'm not going to be greedy in life you sometimes need to to, to test the waters and see a situation and look at the big picture and how it can be good for you, how it can be good for the people around you, what you can do, what you can bring to the table, you know? I mean, listen, we're all, women, uh, we have to respect ourselves, we have to love ourselves, we have to know that we're worth just as much as that man is worth, you know what I mean? If not more, I think we bring so much more to the table, in my opinion. I mean, I love a good guy, don't, don't get me wrong, but I think in business, we're, you know, we're the best. But I think, yeah, sometimes it's good just to step out. And my dad always taught me don't do anything for money. Because if you end up doing things for money, you're going to have a lot less money. And that was always a really good lesson for me. That's so inspiring. Yeah, I'm gonna remember that. In the end, you're like running after something. It's a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more it'll never be enough and then you're not gonna be happy but if you actually do the things that make you really happy you're gonna make a lot more money probably so many of you girl bosses are out there side hustling freelancing running your own business selling crafts e-com wizards and that's why i want to tell you about a company that i wish had existed back in my ebay days it's called ship station and i've spent so much time in my life shipping online orders and i think we all really need a tool like ship station to help get them out quickly and that will help you save so much time so whether you're selling on your own website using something like shopify squarespace etsy or so many other selling channels ShipStation will make your life so much easier by bringing all those orders together in one place you can manage it from your computer or even on the go with your phone And ShipStation also helps you find the best prices. So it's integrated with UPS, USPS, FedEx. They'll find you the best rates. And right now, Girlboss Radio listeners get to try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use offer code GIRLBOSS. See for yourself why ShipStation is rated number one by online sellers. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in GIRLBOSS. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code GIRLBOSS. ShipStation, make ship happen. A lot of women underprice our work or we don't know how to price our work, whether it's yep. freelance work or products. How did you figure out what you were worth, what your, what, your, what your jewelry was worth? That's such a good question because even when the breakup ordered a bunch of pieces, I charged them cost because I was embarrassed at the time to charge them the retail. I thought it was too much money. And I had figured out at that point sort of what retail looked like you know, or what wholesale people started saying, oh, you do this and you mark up like this. And I was trying to figure that out. But I was so embarrassed that I thought, well, I'm a new jewelry designer and they're taking a chance on me. Like, I don't want them to hate me or think that my jewelry sucks. So like, I'm going to undersell myself and then they'll take it. 
And I see, you know, I looked at your Instagram today and it's just like, you know, everybody, right? Everybody, every woman who's wearing jewelry is wearing your jewelry. <laughs> Meghan Markle is wearing was... your jewelry. Charlize Theron has worn your jewelry. They're all big fans of yours. Was there anything you learned in the PR world that you've brought to what you're doing? I mean, it seems like obviously with like Jennifer Aniston, but like how have you gone? I mean, those require like often like really genuine relationships. Like, do you consider that networking? Do you consider that friendships? Like, how do you think about cultivating your business and the community of women around it who are supporting you? Listen, that's a that's a layered question. I know it's a lot of questions. No, I mean, and it's an important question. And I think what really came to mind, as you said it, having nothing to do with jobs or PR, I think it was sort of how I was raised and just being genuine and coming from a place of, you know, authenticity and loving what you do and standing behind your product, whether that's, you know, your your podcast or something you can hold, you know, jewelry, whatever that is, but standing behind, you know, loving what you do and being passionate about what you do. And I feel like if you're really passionate about what you do and you love what you do, then people follow along. And if you're honest and you're upfront and you're giving and you're not looking for, listen, let me tell you something. I love when these incredible women wear my jewelry. Some of them are my best friends and some of them I've never met before in my life. Whatever it is, I the support means the world to me. And if you wear it, amazing. And if you don't, amazing. If you feel good in the jewelry you're wearing or the dress you're wearing, that's all that matters. And I think that when you really are just like coming from a place of just loving what you do and loving when people wear it, whether or not they wear it, kind of, I hope that makes sense. And you just, it all sort of falls into place. And I think that's kind of with life too, you know? For those of us who haven't seen your work, which most, a lot of us, I think, have, how would you describe your aesthetic? Where do you draw inspiration from? You know, I always said that although, you know, it's fine jewelry, I sort of always wanted to design jewelry for the everyday woman in the sense that, you know, we get up in the morning, we have a million things to do, whether or not you have children or you're getting ready for work or you're, you know, jumping in the shower, doing this, getting this, getting this bill paid, calling this person back, getting on the road. We've all got busy days and we've all got to get dressed and wash our hair and do all these things. I'm like, who has time to change their jewelry every day? I sleep in this. I shower in it. Wait, can you make that noise into the microphone? Those are That's what it sounds like. Million bracelets. High quality. <laughs> And I always said that I want pieces that are meaningful, that you put on and you go, uh, I love this. This this initial reminds me of so-and-so or this heart is so-and-so gave it to me or, you know, meaning and durability and everyday pieces that you love to wear. So you have a quote in your bio that says, ask any woman where they received or got a certain piece of jewelry and they'll tell you a story. Absolutely. Is there a piece of jewelry that you're wearing that you have a special story about? Oh, so many. It like literally makes me tear up. Yeah, I do. Can I just point to one? Oh, shit, maybe. The turquoise? <laughs> this little turquoise? Yeah. Oh, God. Not not your favorite story. Oh, I love this one. No, um, my friend Farah made this for me. It's a, just a sweet little 
beaded bracelet with my elastic? name on it. It's elastic. <laughs> okay, got it. You pick the you pick the one piece that I'm wearing that's not fine jewelry, and I love it. And the minute she made it for me, I've never taken it off. And her name is Farah, and she's in sports. She's <laughs> she's in the sports world and makes jewelry for fun for people she loves. It's beautiful. And I love that you picked that one. <laughs> I picked the lowbrow piece. It's great. It's great. It's colorful. I love when people give me stuff. It means the world to me, yeah. you know? So you were, I think, a runner-up for a CFDA award. Yep. You were nominated for another CFDA award. Yep. You're a member of the CFDA, I'm guessing? Yep. What was that process like? You know, it's this is the Council of Fashion Designers of America. Is that mm-hmm. what it stands for? I'm, I'm a member of it. I just pay my dues in case I ever want to design clothing again, yep. which is like... I get emails from them, but yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll just keep paying my, yeah, my my dues. And it's, so that you should it's someday great. It supports a great, you know, it'll yeah, matter. But um, what was that process like? It's a thing. It's a it's an undertaking to submit for those awards. It sure was. It took up many 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 months of my life. At the time, that was pre Instagram. Also, the Instagram had just begun, but that was people were not on Instagram yet. You know, you basically are doing like a full thesis on your company and you're presenting it to DVF, Anna Wintour, Jenna Lyons. I mean, like you're looking at this team of people going, oh, my God, you start out 50 people, you go down to 10 people. And somehow I managed to be first runner up. What was the format of your presentation or portfolio? Are they all the same or some people? Everyone's different. More physical. I had models showing the jewelry and I dressed them in the clothes that, you know, I thought represented my jewelry at the time. And, you know, you it was amazing to win. You get the you got a hundred thousand dollars. You got the support of Vogue and Anna and Anna emailing you back right away. And, you know, I mean, it was absolutely incredible, the support. And it really did catapult my business into a different world. Was there a moment where, you know, because you had your your break had Jennifer Aniston and you were side hustling was there a moment you were like all right this is a this is a real business I'm all in you know I'm a founder I'm a CEO I'm a a proper designer even though I'm self-taught was there a moment that you said you know what like this is it I I do think the CFDA was a turning point for me where you have to really you know talk about your numbers and talk about what your business plan is and talk about your style and everything it encompasses everything so I think at that point I had to really step out of my comfort zone and go like okay this is my business here we go this is what it looks like I still get surprised you know I still am like you know I have an amazing team that I really couldn't do anything without and we really do work together on a daily basis so although it's my company although I'm the CEO although I'm the designer you know these girls keep it moving in a major, major way. And I think, you know, back to your comment about the CFDA, this is something I've learned over the years where, you know, when you put something together and present it to experts, it can feel a little bit like a chore at first. Like, okay, I'm putting a board deck together, for example, which is maybe a little bit less creative than, um, you know, putting together a CFDA presentation, but it's a lot of work and you're putting it in front of experts and they're going to ask tough questions and but you have to think through your whole business you have to examine your whole business you have to present your whole business and it's actually a really valuable exercise that even though it's you're presenting it to other people what it gives to you when you when you take that time up front to to you know 
communicate to other people what it is that you're doing, what you're going to do, it really sets a path for you that sometimes can even be a surprise. You can get so much more value out of doing things like that. And I think like, I it's so funny because I actually never think about it. I don't think, is this going to get me press? I don't think, is this going to be good for my brand? I just think, this is awesome. And you're also a mom. I am a mom. You're a working mom. I am a working mom. What advice would you have for working moms out there building their own businesses? Number one, don't be too hard on yourself because it is challenging. There are days where I think, I got this. I'm great. Look at this. And there are days where I'm in tears because I truly don't know how to balance everything, you know? And those days suck. (laughs) But it's okay to cry and it's okay to have a hard time and it's okay to be challenged and it's okay to say to your kids, like, listen, I'm trying to make it all work. You, But... Ultimately, your kids have to be your priority. Your family has to be your priority. Your relationships have to be your priority. And then when you sort of put the most important things first, I think everything else falls into place. I love my business. I love what I do. I love my team so much. So my heart and soul goes into that also. And I really just try and balance it. And again, some days I do a phenomenal job. And some days I'm like, I completely suck. If you want the truth. Yeah. I think we all feel that way. Yeah. I don't think we all talk about it necessarily. Yeah, well. And you all you also went through a divorce. I've been through a divorce. It was on TMZ, which is super weird because like I'm not like nobody cares. Me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, they no, they actually have an office in do you know this? They have an TMZ has an office like in the court building where they just go like rifle through oh, divorce filings like no. every day looking for them. Amazing. That's what I've been told. Yeah. Gnarly. Great. Yeah. Uh, jerks. Yeah. Um, so divorce is hard enough. Right. Yeah. And then on top of it, you're you're a public figure. Right. You're in a high profile relationship. And, you know, it's something I think on some level I've experienced. Not everybody experiences that everything we you know, any challenge we go through is feels just as loud to anybody else but how have you dealt with any kind of and I haven't really I haven't googled anything but I'm sure you've experienced the opinions of people that you don't know and having to like deal with that what it's so funny because I was just talking about this with someone in my life last night there was something in Us Weekly and we were discussing it. I was like, you don't understand. I don't give a shit about that stuff because I've seen I'm not famous, but I I was famous by association at a point and truly. So I um, have seen so many things written about me and my life and relationships that I don't even doesn't even phase me. And the hardest part of going through that with Toby was for Ruby and Otis and my kids. Those are my children, Ruby and Otis. And, you know, having to explain stuff to them or people talking about it with them and having to talk about it with the teachers and, you know, figure that kind of stuff out. But I'll tell you this. For me personally, it could have been the most challenging time of my life. And Toby and I have come out of it best friends. And I really don't know what I would do without him. He is my brother truly and he is the greatest dad and he is the greatest sort of you know co-parent and we did a lot of work to get here I mean a lot a lot of work what does that work look like oh god (laughs) like what do you if you're going through a hard time if you're going through a breakup you want to what consciously and couple (laughs) yeah like what 
like what tools did you use? Like give us advice for those of us who want to stay close to the, the, the people that we've loved for so long and sometimes it doesn't work out. I mean, I, I, I probably am giving too much information, but to give credit where credit's due, when you said the consciously uncoupling, you know, I actually did call Gwyneth because I, I did witness what she did and no one's done a divorce more beautifully than her. And she sort of led me to, you know, one of the people that helped her, which was Dr. Habib Sadegi. I know she's spoken about that part openly. So without saying anything else is that she's an amazing friend and she gave, you know, personal advice on like, hey, call this person. And um, he's an angel and you have to put in the work. And I decided to put in the work with him at the time. And not only did it make me a better co-parent and us have this beautiful separation, but now moving forward in my life from that relationship onto a new world for myself, now I'm just like ready for everything and anything. And I think that you can't really succeed without sort of succeeding within yourself first and being conscious and being stable and figuring out what works best for you on a human level. Do you feel like it was a catalyst for personal growth? Hell yes. Hard. I mean, personal growth is the worst. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great when you get there. It hurts. Yes, but getting there, oh my God, some days you feel like, oh, I feel so good. And then other days you're like, this pain is real. If you listen to Girl Boss Radio, I know you like to learn. And that's why... I know you'll love Skillshare. Girlboss is brought to you by Skillshare today. And if you don't know what it is, Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people like all of us. You can take classes in animation, creative writing, UI and UX design, photography, graphic design, freelance and entrepreneurship, productivity, I think I need that one, web development, crafts. You know, I've taken a few watercoloring classes that I've talked about here on Girlboss Radio, which are really fun. But right now I'm taking a business class called Productivity Masterclass, Create a Custom System That Works. And God knows we all need systems for our busy schedule. So any moment of efficiency I can create in mine is gold. You can join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Girlboss Radio listeners two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash boss. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash boss to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash boss. How would you describe your leadership style? It's a team. We're a team. And I... I, I don't like to micromanage. I like people to do their jobs. I like people to feel comfortable and confident in what they're doing. I always try and be sweet. I always try and be kind. I always try and be understanding. I always try and give people flexibility. Do you have a partner, like an operating partner, someone who's like the day-to-day, like nuts and bolts of the business, or is that you? Well, I, I don't have a... a so to speak, partner in the business. I started the business on my own, and so it's my business, Jennifer Meyer. But yes, I have an amazing girl named Caitlin who has been with me for, we're coming up on 10 years. She's phenomenal. And she, yes, she runs my day-to-day nuts and bolts, has been there forever, and is just phenomenal. Was just has, phenomenal. She's amazing. 
And you just opened a store. Yeah, I did. I Your my first, first store, store yeah. after 14 years. Yeah. Has it been that it's long? It's beautiful. Whoa. You yes. launched in 2005? Yes. I did the math. Damn. Why a store? Will there be more stores? I don't know. You know, two years ago I launched online, which I had never done direct to consumer. Um, and then a year ago I had met with Rick Caruso, who owns The Grove and who now does the Palisades Village and owns so much more because he's a mad genius. It's crazy. Um, He came to me with this concept. Hardly anyone had signed on to do stores. I love the West Side. I grew up in Malibu. I live on the West Side now with my family. And I was talking to him and thinking about it. It wasn't it wasn't something I was planning on doing and it was one of those moments I was like let's go. And it seemed like the perfect place and the perfect opportunity and um he was the perfect person to partner with on that. And thank God my instincts were right there. How did you think about the experience? You know, cuz it's totally different. It's totally different to experience you know, the Jennifer Meyer world rather than maybe going into Barney's or discovering you on Instagram. What was important to you when you were building out that space? First of all, I wanted something small. I wanted it to feel like a little jewel box. And the space that they had offered me, they offered me a few spaces and then this one came up and I was like, that's it. And I just wanted people to know what the Jennifer Meyer feeling was. You know, it's it's a soft pink and it's comfortable and, you know, you can bring your kids in there and you can try on jewelry and leave with something or don't. Just enjoy yourself. I think that was one of the my biggest when I went I went to that mall. I mean, it's like village it doesn't feel like a mall. Right. Yeah. It's like a really beautiful yeah. like shopping area. Yeah outdoors there's just these huge pieces of grass and it's like a park there's just children running around everywhere it's like delightful it's a place you can just kind of be with your family yeah and there's a sushi there's a good sushi place oh my god i eat there all the time blue Um, ribbon yes (laughs) and we've all made mistakes Uh do you is there like a like a flub (laughs) like a career mistake that you've made that you've really learned from you know (sighs) I mean, listen, I feel like I make mistakes every day, you know, I've said this before, but it really, it really does ring true. I think that we're, you gotta, sometimes people are done working for you and you know it and they know it and it's hard to move on. It's hard to let people go and it's hard to sort of figure out ways to grow your business. And I think there are times where there were people that they were done and I was done and we should have moved on a lot earlier than we did because when we did move on, the company grew and we did things so much better. But I don't want to hurt people's feelings and I get worried about how to how things will look without them. And sometimes you just got to say, this isn't working out. Mm-hmm. You got to move on. And the company grew every single time. Wow. It grew every single time because I'm a people pleaser. I truly am a people pleaser. So I'm like, do anything to make things work. And that that hurts yeah. you in the long run. Stale energy can bring the average down. I think when other people experience that, they start modeling that. Yeah. Or if someone's not a performer, other people are like, why am I working so hard? Yeah. What What is this? This isn't like, I, I'm excellent. Why aren't they excellent? Yeah. Uh, so it affects so much more than that, the one individual. What would you say your biggest career victory today would be? I mean, you know, listen, 
first of all, of course, when Jen wore the jewelry in the breakup, I mean, that was like, okay, here we are. This is this this has now an opportunity to be something. I didn't know it would be this, but it, I knew it could be something. And I think along the way, you know, whether it's winning that CFDA award or it's, you know, Meghan Markle wearing your jewelry and you don't know that that's coming and moments like those. I mean, there's so many great moments um, that or you're, you sell your first, you know, six-figure piece. I mean, you do things like that, and you're just like, whoa, this is incredible. And I, I really, every single day, just don't take it for granted that every day is sort of a success, that you're selling jewelry and keeping your doors open and feeding people. So what's next for Jennifer Meyer? Just continuing to grow, you know, just continuing to do what I'm doing in the business and and really just making jewelry that people love and hopefully will continue to love and while growing, you know, personally on the side. And I feel like this may be a segue to the next question or maybe the answer will be similar, but we're always exploring this concept of success at Girlboss, which is like success could mean money, success could mean family, success can mean so many things. What does success mean for you right now? Happiness contentness calmness is it hard to maintain that yeah yeah of yeah. course okay i mean absolutely just making sure oh for those of us what i mean but that's what i'm saying that's a successful day you know what i mean when you wake up with a smile and you go to bed with a smile that is a successful day you know happy healthy children number one through a bazillion you know that's the most important thing in the world but it's like you know I've got incredible kids and they're happy they're healthy they're thriving they're amazing and I have the greatest family and the greatest friends but you know in the end like we're with ourselves so when your heart is content and you feel calm and it is a challenge it is a challenge and there are great I've got many more great days than I do hard days but the hard days suck what do you do to get out of those hard days? Oh, I don't know. If you have good advice, let me know. I mean, do you like meditate? Do you like do stuff that people say should, like that? No, I <laughs> meditating makes me nervous. Honestly, I know that anyone who meditates will probably be like, well, she needs meditation more than anything. I literally get anxiety doing meditation. I'm like, this is 20 minutes that I could be doing. Now I'm freaking out. You know what? I I talk it out. I talk to my friends. I talk to people. I am really honest. I'm really open and I don't pretend. So if I'm having a hard day, I have a great, great close group of people that I know I can count on. I'm like, you need to talk me through this right now. This is not, I'm not having a good moment here. And that's what they do. We also have this thing called girl boss moments. Okay. And a girl boss moment is just, I don't know, pretty much anything you want, but a time in your most recent history that you're just really proud of something. And it could be I had dinner with my kids or I, you know, canceled a meeting and did something for myself or, you know, I sold my first six figure piece of jewelry. Uh, Jen, what was your most recent girl boss moment? Well, I really loved being invited to do this with you. Oh, thank you. That was an amazing moment. And I mean that. I love this podcast, so I'm really excited to be on it. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, of course. That's our show for today. A big thank you to Jen for coming on Girlboss Radio. I learned a lot. I hope you did too. I'm in awe of how tenacious she has been in chasing her dream of making jewelry. 
I know this episode of Girl Boss Radio is over, but if you're looking for something else to listen to, continue the fun. I hope you take a minute to check out our other podcasts that make up the Girl Boss Radio network. That's right, we're a network. Last week, we wrapped up season two of In Progress in partnership with Toomey, the luggage brand. We're such big fans of here. And let me tell you, you definitely don't want to miss it or any of the other incredible podcasts we have out right now. You can check out all of our shows by clicking on the provider tag Girl Boss Radio wherever you get your podcasts. As always, remember to follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Leave us a rating, a review, and all the things because it really helps listeners tune in. And yeah, share your love of Girl Boss Radio on stories, on Insta stories, screenshot the episode you love, post some commentary, tag me. I may very well restory it. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>